Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Curtis. And today we are joined by Matt and Dwayne from Atavistia. Thank you so much for joining us, both of you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of course. Um, before we dive into like all of my questions about promo and such, would one of you like to give an introduction to your band, what this, what you sound like, and kind of where you're at in your career? Sure. Uh, well, we're out of Istia. It was uh, I formed the band in 2017 as like a bedroom project, and then 2018 I started getting members together to start playing live and. Yeah, we just released our third album, Cosmic Warfare, and yeah, about where we're at level-wise, I feel like it's just starting to cross the threshold of epicness. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair descriptor, yeah. And your sound is like very, um, I know you're de- like classified as a melodic death metal band, but you've definitely got a lot of orchestrations and symphonic mm. elements in there, kind of a la Winter Sun. I call it symphonic for 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 uh, pure uh, disclo- full disclosure a minute before you guys got on, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But, yeah, I I don't think there's there's a particular label you can put us under. I mean, I think melodic death metal is the easiest one to, but yeah. there is just you know so many influences and genre mixing in our music that it's it's hard to keep track. It is helpful to like put it under like just a little bit of an umbrella though, right? To help yeah, for sure. guide people a little bit. Yeah, that's why I think melodic death metal is the perfect fit because it's not just straight up death metal, but it's not as, you know, as uh, uh, ABAB as some melodic death metal is. So, right. Awesome. Um, so, I guess I want to just dive right into. Blood blast, blood blood blast <laughs> distribution. <laughs> um, you guys had your was it just your most recent album that was distributed through Blood Blast? Yeah, yeah. Would you be willing to give us a little bit of a description of like how you set that up, what they did, what they did and didn't do for you? Sure, Dwayne. Do do you want to handle this one? Yeah, sure. Um, basically, we have a really awesome booking agent. Um, She's really investing in us and like helping growing the band. And one of the ways for us to get better shows, um, and we also like really push for festivals in Europe, um, was for us to be a label. Um, So what she did last year is she went out the bat for us uh, as she was going to certain festivals with the rest of the rest of her act. She's trying to like basically pitch us a different A&R. Um, a lot of labels weren't interested, but um, Blood Blast were interested. So she put us in contact with them. And yeah, so that's how we got hooked up with Blood Blast. Um, they're basically uh, just a distributor under a bigger umbrella of Believe, um, with the, also under the umbrella of Nuclear Blast. 
Um, so we do have an A and R wrap, um, but we also there's also some good backends that like DistroKid doesn't really offer. Um, so we can have a look at a lot of analytics and stuff like that. Um, and it's good to also for us to have like a contact that we can talk to um, in regards to like just getting advice on releasing our music rather than just uploading to DistroKid and hoping for the best. I had a couple follow-ups on yeah, that sure. because um, again, if you don't want to get into any of this, that's totally fine. So yeah. a lot of people seem to... A lot of people seem to think like Blood Blast is a label. We all know it's not a label. Nice. Four of us. Um, Dwayne, if you're willing, can you kind of go over the difference between getting on distro like that versus what you kind of would have expected from a label? Like what's kind of the differences, I guess, from your viewpoint about doing something like that? Um, well, there's straight up digital distribution. Um, yep. So we do, they do take a cut of um, our digital streams. Um, that I'd say they're different to having a label because we they don't help they don't help front any sort of money. Um, basically, they don't front any sort of money. Um, we just we just basically have them because it helps with our distribution and because it gives us sort of the cred to be under the umbrella of Nuclear Blast. Um, yeah, it's like to be honest, we haven't really noticed much difference between going from Blood Blast, like going from DistroKid to Blood Blast. Um, it's more just sort of, uh, credibility, um, and having that contact where we can sort of bounce ideas off. Yeah. Do you feel like it has helped your streams at all or not even that? Um, I'd say it has, but I think the quality of the music is also helping. Yeah. yeah. Quality of the music is by far the most important thing. To... They, get, they got reviewed like everywhere, like four out of yeah. five, nine out of 10. So yeah. 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 So, I mean, on our podcast, we talk a lot about promotion and marketing, and it does ultimately come down to how good the music is. Mm. Um, but, uh, but we don't usually talk about that on the podcast because it's not something. I don't know. Do you feel like that's something that you can even advise people on, like how to write better music? No, Matt. Can you? Can you tell someone how to write some better music? <laughs> Without sounding completely egotistical and narcissistic. Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't know. There's just a certain point when you're writing music that you know that something clicks or if it doesn't, if you're struggling on a part over and over and over and over again, and it's just not, mm. it's not clicking, then it's probably not the best section for the song. Or if you finish a song and you play it back and, and nothing jumps out to you that would stand out from other bands or gives you goosebumps when you listen to it, then it's, you know, it's probably not the best song. So, you know, you just really have to dive into it and a lot of trial and error. <laughs> it's usually That's the fair. best way to put it. Yeah. Well, and I guess, like, what are the things that you're going to be doing differently moving forward when it comes to evolving your sound and and growing as a songwriter? Uh, well, there's 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 a lot. So we'll let you guys in a little bit what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, we just released Cosmic Warfare, but we have like the if you want to call it the second part to Cosmic Warfare. That's all written. And then we have an EP 
and then another album that's we're working away here and there on but i don't know i kind of got the idea to just kind of branch out to different specific genres just to test the waters a little bit so this ep that we're working on it's it's a lot of like blackened death metal and more black metal and and then the follow-up album to cosmic warfare is a little similar but i would say again darker and then the album after that <laughs> it's a lot of uh it's a lot more folky and uplifting so it's i i don't know when i'm writing one minute i'll write something that's really dark and disturbing and then the next minute i'll write something heroic and triumphant within yeah, I don't know, a couple days span of each other. <laughs> sure. The spectrum of human emotion is vast. Exactly. It's best to tap into all of it. Um, so speaking of going folkier, that's a perfect segue into talking about your European tour with Scamold <laughs> uh, Metzetol. Um, would you maybe give us a little insight on how that kind of came about. Dwayne, your turn. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so how did that come about? I think this is more sort of come about from the tours that were offered during COVID that we weren't able to commit to. Um, our agent found us uh, actually on Spotify um, on a playlist uh, and contacted us and asked, said that she wanted to represent us. She wanted to help, like, help us build the band. Um, so she offered us the, the Finchfold tour, which was also with Scott Mold. Um, but due to COVID, uh, it kept getting pushed back and then like I changed careers. Um, like a few of us have gone through different changes in the last few years, which when it initially was gonna happen, when it was gonna happen when everything came back, um, we couldn't afford to do it as a band uh, because it went from a four week tour to a six week tour, which is very expensive. <laughs> Mm. Um, so we were very honest that we couldn't, couldn't afford to do it. Uh, we said we'd probably be best to do something in 2024. Um, but she came back to us around April and said that we've, I've got something for you in October. Um, originally it was four weeks. Uh, we said we probably still can't commit to that being an indie band and, uh, probably two weeks is probably the better mark for us. She came back so the tour is now two weeks. So we had to do it. <laughs> Um, which is great. Um, like we're really excited, but yeah, that's how it came across, how it came to fruition. Yep. I, I have a question because um sure. why do you guys want to focus on the European tours right now versus like because you guys haven't even played the US, I don't think, have you? Or have no, you? No. Yeah, you haven't no. even done cross Canada, I don't think. So what's <laughs> so what's I understand you, your sound and stuff like that, but what's kind of the think of not during North America first, where it's less expensive for you guys, just out of curiosity. Visas. Uh, yeah, so for the US, it's the visa cost and just all the paperwork to get in and just finding the the right bands and the routing to do, because the US is massive. So doing like a proper US tour, it, it's going to take a lot of financial and logistic strategy. Um, but we got the opportunity with almost everything handed to us on a plate for Europe. So it's, it's, a, it's a little, a little mm -hmm. different. If we got the same opportunity for the States, 
yeah, we we would probably take it. It's just all about cost and logistics. And just right now, the mm -hmm. European tour is just seems to be more in the stars for us. Fair enough. Um, is Are you guys planning on trying to do more Canadian dates or is it just going to be sticking to the West Coast for the foreseeable future? Well, we'd love to do cross Canada, but again, we have to find, you know, the right bands to do it with, have all the right uh, promoters in contact with and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Never mind so is your booking drug. agent out of Europe? Yeah, Germany. She's in Germany. Yeah. Okay. She represents us uh, globally. So, yeah. Yeah, but she may not be like um, thinking so much about North America if she's based out of Europe, I guess. Yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. exactly right. Yeah. So. Oh, Curtis. Okay. We're limited. This always happens so... like one time every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um. So for North America, actually, you booked your own tour, the Cosmic Horror Tour. That was like more regional on your side of Canada. Yeah. How did you do that logistically? Uh, and maybe tell us the story of how you set that up and how it went. Yeah, sure. Um, the reason for the Cosmic Horror Tour was mainly just to have dates into pushing um, a lot of the music on Spotify and like to get into editorial playlists because you need to sort of provide dates to like to promote your music. Um. I have experience in the past booking tours for like my old bands back in Australia. So really it was just a case of um, finding the right bands to play with. So we toured with Hyperia and Caius, two bands uh, here that we both love. Um, and basically just started emailing venues and getting in contact with promoters. So we know a few like good, really good promoters um, over in Alberta and all this, the dates in between Alberta, I just reached out to, to venues and then just had to do all the promotion myself. Yeah. So, so how did you like kind of get the foot in the door with promoters? Is that something that you kind of developed over the years of networking or attending shows or um, how did you do that? Honestly, just reaching out to them. Um, so the the most recent tour was um, we played probably Alberta almost the same amount as we played Vancouver, Matt. Yeah. yeah, 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 and we we actually really liked the crowd over there, so we just keep going back. So we started building up a relationship with bands and promoters over there. Um, it also helps that our guitarist Dalton knows a few people from the scene, um, so he put me in touch with a few people to talk to. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Dwayne, if you can mm -hmm. kind of explain, okay, so you guys mm -hmm. did a little regional tour right now, or sorry, yeah. not right now, a few months ago, rather. So, um, lots of driving and stuff like that. You got to go to mm. Alberta, which is like, what, 25 hours away from you guys or whatever? So, well, 12 hours from yeah, Vancouver 12, to Calgary. 12, is that all? It's, I always thought it was yeah, longer it's than that. Okay. Um, okay, so like we talked a little bit about the logistics, but let's kind of talk about the pre-planning on something like that, because obviously the planning for that's going to be different than going to Europe, mm -hmm. I would imagine. So if you mm -hmm. can kind of go over like how you kind of plan a regional tour versus a European tour, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's late. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. My my questions are bad. Right <laughs> no, it's it's all right. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so ideally, when we've done, when I've done regional tours, and when and also with Adavistia, um, because they're only sort of in our like our local sort of area and like states that uh, provinces that are near us, um, it's not really beneficial for us to take time off work 
And it's also not beneficial for us to play shows during the week, being the bands that we are. It's not like we're going to you know, guarantee pulling you know, 300 people into a room on a Tuesday night. So we try and... Yeah. <laughs> um, so we tried to basically plan all of our tours around weekends. Um, this one just happened to nicely fit together. Like it was by pure chance that it was over four days, like from Thursday to Sunday. Uh, originally, we were supposed to do it over a few weekends. Wasn't there a tour, uh, not a tour, a festival involved in the tour, or am I mistaken? Um, our Vancouver show, uh, Joey from Journeyman, he act- we actually had that booked almost a year in okay. advance. Yeah, he asked us around the time Hyperspace was the year before. Um, it just happened to like once we- once the album was finished and we started looking at like how the release schedule was going to be at. We're thinking about our release show and how we're going to do that. And then we're just like, let's release the album at Hyperspace. That just makes sense. Um, one of the bands that are on the run with us was also playing Hyperspace. So it just kind of made sense to make the Vancouver show Hyperspace. And plus, that also had a lot of PR and promotion attached to it. So it just it made sense. Even though it was a week prior to the actual tour itself. Yeah. 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 yeah I kind of assumed it somehow tied in. Um I think you answered the question, so I wanted to touch a little, oh, sorry. Well, I mean, like how, I guess it'd be cur- I'm curious to hear how you're preparing for the European tour as well. Oh, we left out that part. That's right. <sighs> so, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of gear selling and. <laughs> <laughs> Eating just and, rice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just trying rice to save and beans, as much. Rice and beans. Exactly. Just trying to save as much money as we can and. Yeah. We actually have to divide our live rig into two separate pieces to get it into, you know, the flights. So we're not going to pay a fortune, but we're still going to pay a small fortune. <laughs> so it's a, mainly financial is what we're preparing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to go into, because we got about 10 minutes left, um, the promotion angle of things. So obviously we handled your, your guys' PR for the last two albums. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't really want to touch on that angle too too much because that's kind of what we did but you got, obviously you guys were involved so what do you feel like you guys did on your end that really assisted getting uh the band better known in terms of promotion with the uh, magazines and blogs and that type of stuff well i think around the time that the album cosmic warfare came out we were very on point well <laughs> as best as we could be on social media, which we're not very good at to begin with. So, but it was still better than what it was before. And I feel that helped quite a bit. And just, yeah, whenever we'd have interview questions, just go into depth and be really honest and not give short answers, just, yeah, fully in-depth answers and, yeah. What about the social media end of it, though? Because you guys were doing quite a bit on social media at one point. Yeah, it was just building up the material to be consistent for that time period and i mean we should probably just be consistent like that all the time but yeah <laughs> it's I, a lot of work i hate that aspect yeah. so much if i had the choice i'd like to go back to like 2004 and have nobody <laughs> know what we even look like <laughs> yeah. i have a uh, a secret weapon kind of um my partner is digital project manager so we have we can sort of bounce ideas off her um, and how we, how we should sort of attack things. So that sort of helps us out a lot as well. So, okay, because, um, okay, so you guys got the tour coming up. 
um, fairly soonish. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you guys kind of look at as being your job right now, job, uh, in order to get more attention for that tour and for getting more people to, you know, come check you guys out in Europe specifically? Again, be more active on social media, promote the uh, event links and ticket links yeah. as much as we can and try to reach out to like uh, Facebook groups that are in those cities and uh, yeah. do promotion through that as well. Cool. Yeah. Again, it's all something we really don't like doing, but we have to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. And then one other thing on the PR end of things. So you guys had that shirt you guys did if you guys want to talk about that that was like hilarious but oh yeah Aaliyah, do you know what i'm talking about i remind me i probably do but i've forgotten I, i'm sure one of these guys will be happy to remind you here sure so it's the it's the hell sauna t-shirt that has all of us in a sauna plus one extra special person kind of melting away and then on the uh, back yes. and on the back it says we know in a particular text so basically we kind of were just joking constantly about how we're producing music faster than said band um and then one day in a truck going back from rehearsal we just kept bouncing ideas off on like how like uh you know such and such is going to be on this inside the sauna dying while we're enjoying what we're doing and then we joked around about making it a t-shirt and dalton just jumped on and spoke to both bradshaw and we've been like 20 minutes half an hour was happening so yeah and i think the <laughs> the idea actually dawned from i was watching one of uh donnie from aether realm and cradle mm -hmm. of filth's twitch channels and uh we were just talking on there and he said you know he was telling everybody else in the chat that we sound a lot like winter sun and that we should you know really dive into it in a comical sense and maybe make a shirt that says we know or something and so i just kind of went like <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I actually just wanted to touch on this for a couple of minutes here because um I'd never really listened to much Winter Sun prior to talking to you guys. Mm. I, I still haven't listened to a ton of it, I'll confess, but I did because you guys kept telling me you were like Winter Sun fans and people kept mm. comparing guys them. Um how do you guys kind of use that to your advantage? Like like what like how are you how are you guys using this because it is very similar in style um they don't really put out very much music is there something you guys are doing to have Aaliyah, come on is there something they don't really put out much music they don't they don't <laughs> okay understatement there anyways i think you guys know what i'm trying to say here i'm going to be quiet because yeah 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 no that's that's totally fair and you know i don't i don't ever want to bad mouth yari like i've I've met him and spoke to him in person and he knows about us too. And like, I even asked oh, he him. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I, uh, yeah. I asked him is like, I know we sound similar to you. Is that a problem? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's like every band sounds like another band for their first three to four albums. And then it starts to really get their own sound after yeah. that. So don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. But back to your question of, um, you know, what we're doing to kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say we're filling a void that's left in Winter Sun shoes. You're but filling a void. You might as well just say it. Dude. We are. It, you are. You yeah. are. Let's be, let's be real. Because <laughs> it's like bands like Winter Sun, you know, there are so many 
bands in different genres that are like the one off that everybody goes to and winter sun in all of well in my opinion specifically is is so unique in that regard that no matter what if you write one similar riff you sound exactly like them yeah. and you know it's just kind of we want to expand that genre even more because there's not a lot of bands that are doing it there are now granted but mm. back when Atavistia first released One Within the Sun, for example, I do admit it was pure winter sun worship. I'll say that right now. <laughs> but, you know, just got to expand that genre because that's my absolute favorite genre, whatever genre that is. <laughs> yeah. Symphonic death metal. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, well, yeah, symphonic well, death metal, I mean... I like the the tag epic melodic death metal. Well, epic metal death. I feel like that's a good tag for us. Yeah, I don't think it's It's really Winter Sun's not really blackened. I would I would say there. I would say. Well, I'm not the musician, so I'm outvoted. So whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Oh, really? I think I think I don't know. Winter Sun's you know melodies and lyrics are all about nature and space and time, and you know it's it's a it's a pretty it's a generic concept all of those things a lot of bands write about that kind of stuff but i just think you winter sun did it in such a unique way that you know i think it's okay for other bands to start jumping into that pool as well yeah um i have a final question because i know we're almost out of time um but okay so you guys already talked about your future plans, so let's just kind of go back to the tour for a second here. Can you guys just do a little plug on that, kind of go over where you guys are go- going, that type of thing? Oh, I'd have to get the dates up. <laughs> sure. Um, well, while Dwayne's getting the dates up, we arrive in Europe in on October 11th, and then we head up to Denmark for our first show in Copenhagen. And then from there... We bounce back and forth in and out of Germany throughout France, Switzerland, Austria, Hungary, Slovakia, and Poland. Which country are you most excited to go to? Hmm. I think me personally is Denmark and Slovakia. I would I would say, yeah, Denmark and Germany for me, just because Germany's a pretty vast country. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different cities that we're going to be playing in and mm-hmm. that are very different from one another culture-wise and even language. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, actually, I got one final, 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 final question. You guys mm-hmm. got to make it quick because we've got one minute. Yeah, no um, problem. How do, you, how do you feel when people think that you guys are a European band and not Canadian? Well, I am a European citizen, so it's... Oh, I didn't know that. He's actually he's actually Finnish. I didn't yeah. realize you actually yeah. were from there. I knew you had the name. Well, I didn't realize. So you it's were. it's a long story that we'd need to have more than one minute. But I no was worries. born born in Canada, grew up a little bit in the states, moved back to Canada, but obtained citizenship and my passport through my grandfather, who was from Finland. So <laughs> okay, fair enough. Then my question is invalid. I am out of question. <laughs> I do not speak Finnish though, but I, I I speak a little bit of Swedish and German. So, so when they have those signs on stage that say "parking for Finns only," you can park there. Yep. 
technically. Um, I have one final question. It's kind of, uh, I think this will be fun and interesting. Um, what is your favorite film score? Ooh. Holy crap. Well, anything, anything from Star Wars or... <laughs> Lord of the Rings are my top two. Like those two. Okay. Yeah, those two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those two for sure. Dwayne, any different answers? Is this um, the same? No, definitely different. Um, I can't think of his name right now. It's the guy that he worked under um, Hans Zimmer and he's currently the composer. He composed Tenet and um, Oppenheimer and stuff. He is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Oppenheimer yeah. was very, very... I still haven't seen it, but I I, I hear the music. I hear the music's really good. Well, you gotta see it. You gotta yeah. see it. Masterwork uh, of art. I'm I'm worried about how loud it is. I've been told by colleagues at work that it is incredibly loud. That they got very angry. Um, there there I I work in a mixing studio for they mix like film and TV, and a lot of them were not quite happy with how loud that film is, especially because it was a drama and did not need to be that loud. I feel like Dwayne, you're in a metal band, so you're probably going to be fine. <laughs> Dwayne, just be the film nerd that you are and wear ear protection in the movie theater. Oh, 100%. I had my hands like this during Tenet. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> Great advice. Great advice yeah. to wrap things up. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about all that. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. And until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.